Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Face Connecticut. I'm Morgan Cunningham on WTIC News Talk 1080, Light 100.5 WRCH and 96.5 TIC. Our guest this week is Democratic State Representative Eleni Cavros de Gras of Avon and Canton. We're going to be discussing the ongoing issue in Connecticut about bears and their human interactions here in the Nutmeg State. Good morning, Representative. Good morning, and thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming by the studio. I mean, this is such... A heavy issue that has been getting talked about so much in the last year, especially here in Connecticut and the last few months with the legislative session. Could we start off with a summary? I know that most people in the audience are aware of the issue, but could you give us a summary of where we are with the bear situation here in Connecticut today? Well, certainly in the last year, like you said, we've seen a real uptick. I moved here about 25 years ago, and I lived in Farmington for 15 years, and we saw bears fairly regularly, but that was mostly related to, you know, our trash and our garbage and whether or not we sprayed the cans with ammonia. But we have noticed an uptick, mostly not so much even in the bears, but the human and bear interactions, as you said, and frankly, conflicts. And so, you know, in Avon a few weeks ago, we had a 74-year-old woman who was bit while walking her dog. We had another bear that got into a house in Avon. Um, certainly it does feel sometimes like we're at the epicenter of what we are seeing as an exploding bear population. Um, there are 1,600 bears in Connecticut, and um, you know that's it's wonderful that Deep is tracking how many we have, but we certainly have more than we thought we did. <laughs> Absolutely. What are you hearing from your constituents just in Avon and Canton alone? Because this is an issue that's spreading throughout the state, but in your district particularly, what are you hearing from residents? What are their worries? So it's interesting because Avon is often one of the highest reports to Deep in terms of bears, but I say that's because Canton is more rural and, you know, they just sort of don't think to report the bears because they've always been there and that sort of the thing. But the thing that I hear most from constituents is they are worried. They are worried about, you know, if their grandchildren are outside playing in the yard, do they have to worry about them? Do they have to worry about their pets? Um, I have parents who email me about their children and about their concerns or joggers or walkers, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so I think that, you know, when you see bears getting into people's homes, we're really at a, a different point than we were even 10 years ago. What are some of the things that they're saying to you specifically in emails or if they see you on the street? They're asking what can be done. And that's part of why Representative Exum and I held an event last week in Avon with DEEP because we wanted to make sure that residents had an opportunity to come to share their concerns and to ask questions about what we can and should be doing at this point because that's really where their, their heads are at. 
This is Face Connecticut. Our guest this morning is Representative Eleni Cavros de Gras from Avon and Canton. Let's talk a little bit about that Bear Aware event. What came out of it? I think that probably the most important thing was the feedback we got about how useful people found it. And some of the things that we talked about were how we as a community have to come together on this bear problem because it isn't just, well, I left my trash out, but everybody else on the street doesn't put their trash out until the next morning. We are in this together, and the media even has a role to play. You know, you often see on our local channels these quote-unquote adorable bear videos where they're on a trampoline or they're on a play set or something cute is happening with a cub. The problem with that is that those bears have been habituated, the moms, the mother bears, and then they're habituating their cubs, and that's why you're seeing them come into the house because – They have ample food supply, and that was part of what came out of our conversation, was that they have our trash cans, they have bird feeders, they have so much access that they are now associating our homes with food. And if you wanted food and you wanted a high-calorie hit, where would you go? Well, for the bears, it's our homes and, and our decks. I've even heard stories of people intentionally feeding the bears, like making them a sandwich, or if they see a bear, they'll actually share food with them. And so... Where where did the messaging perhaps get muddied over the years that bears are safe to interact with? Because it would seem to me that some people have that mentality. Well, generally speaking, yes, our black bears are very docile and they're very safe. And certainly that was part of our conversation the other night was that these are gentle giants in, in many ways. But that doesn't mean we should be feeding our wildlife. You know, in Simsbury, they just had a really bad coyote problem. You know, we're seeing problems with wildlife across the state. And and there used to, it used to be that, oh, the bears were only on, say, this side of the state. Well, now, they, you know, the bears are, they have a 60-mile sometimes radius because the ones that they're tracking, we know where they're going. So this sense of it's okay for me to feed them. If you went to a zoo, you see the signs everywhere that say do not feed the animals. The last thing that bears should be eating is, you know, cake thrown over a deck. Someone told that story the other night about a video their daughter sent them where she was throwing cake to the bear over the deck. You know, that's not what we need to be doing. What we need to be doing is bringing in our trash cans, you know, at night, or if you're putting them out the night before, spraying them down, not having bird feeders. Our birds, you want to attract them to the yard, you can plant flowers to do that. So it's, you know, there, there are other options, but we definitely should not be feeding wild animals in this way. Is this a signage issue? Like if you're driving down the highway, you see signs, um, beware, this is a heavily populated deer area, deer crossing, or if you go further north, they have signs for moose like in Vermont. Is this something that we should institute in Connecticut signs about beware, this is a bear area, do not feed the bears, more so than maybe at a park? Where you'd see those kinds of things? You know, I, I definitely think we could use some signage at the parks, although it was funny the other night people were sharing, you know, I've never seen one when I'm walking in the woods, but I see them in my neighborhood on the street, you know, on the regular. So that's that's kind of a funny disconnect, of course, is that we think about it more in nature. So, okay, let's put the signs up in a state park. I'm not sure it's about signage. I honestly think it's about education. And I know in Farmington, they've started with fifth graders to start educating them about these are wild animals. And while they may be cute and while we may anthropomorphize them, at the end of the day, you know, you're not seeing a lot of people stopping to take a video when they're in the ocean of a great white shark. Like these are animals that, you know, if they feel cornered, that's a problem and and they could end up charging you. And so some of it is educating from the time, you know, we're kids and then having, you know, they'll come home, they'll educate their parents too about what should and shouldn't be doing. The number one thing is if you see a bear in your yard, you should be doing everything you can to scare that bear away.
As far as the General Assembly is concerned with its response to the bear and human interactions, there are numerous different ideas how to deal with it. And some are controversial and some differ, and so we'll get into those. But could you give me an overview, let's start here, with some of the different ideas that lawmakers have as far as dealing with the bear population? Absolutely. I don't serve on the Environmental Committee, but we do have a, a, what we're calling the bear bill in the Environmental Committee that came out of the Environmental Committee. They did strip out hunting because we do have, you know, um, basically a caucus that has said, you know, we want to hunt, we want to have a hunting season for bears. We also have an animal rights caucus. So, you know, obviously we're going to differ on how we approach this situation. One of the things that came out of our event the other night was that, you know, hunting may be an option, but there are so many things that can and should be done before we get to that option. And I think that that's part of what is left in the bill, you know, finding people for that intentional feeding that you're talking about. Um, that's different than, you know, than, than, and I think we have to define what intentional feeding is. For some folks, they think it's just, you know, throwing food at the bear. Well, intentional feeding can also look like a bird feeder that is out, you know, not during the winter when you're perfectly safe to put bird feed, you know, bird seed out, but it's out in the spring when, frankly, the birds don't need it because things are blooming. Um, so that's part of the bill is is finding people for unintentional feeding, and also, you know, our farmers have a huge problem. It's not just about whether or not they're going, the bears are going after their livestock. It's also about the fact that they're ruining their crops, and that's a huge issue that people probably don't think much about. But when you have a 450-pound bear going through your farmland, you're going to see a lot of damage. So we're, we're trying to put in measures so that farmers can better protect their property, their livestock, that sort of thing. And if I understand correctly from what I've read and from what I've heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that a limited hunt on bears if it affects farmers with their crops and livestock? Yes, that is my understanding at this point. That's what's left in the bill. And I think that that still scares some people. But I, I again, you know, farmers are doing the best they can. And, you know, it, with no farms, no food. So we have to make sure that they're able to survive as well, because that, that's a critical issue for us here in Connecticut. Where do you stand specifically on the bear hunt issue? A compromise or one extreme to the other? You know, at this point, my hope coming out of that meeting the other night is that if people listen and, and our media also listens and we can all work together as a community, then a hunt would not be necessary. But if we are not moving forward with these, you know, very basic measures, there are going to be more people calling for a hunt. And, and some of that is out of fear because I can understand when you see a bear in your yard, you know, your first instinct should be to either try to scare it away or go inside your house. But when you're trying to, say, protect your dog that's barking at the bear, you can feel a, a different way about what that encounter is like. I, I think that most people see them as gentle giants that they don't want to have hunted. But I do understand why we're having this conversation. And I know that you're not on the Environmental Committee, but are you taking your concerns to people from both sides of the aisle who are on the Environmental Committee and telling them what you're hearing from your residents in your district? Yes, and frankly, I have to because it's a really strange thing and strange phenomenon, I should say, that we have this situation where... New Haven, they're not seeing bears. Um, it was it was kind of interesting. Over the summer, Rosa DeLauro came to Avon for campaigning purposes, and we had a mother and two cubs that were actually 
trying to, you know, they were in, in a dumpster feeding mm-hmm. um, that was fenced in. And her campaign staff saw the bears. They'd never seen bears ever before. They didn't believe it, No, huh? and wow. they, were, they were terrified that the bears were going to come charging at them. I said, you, you don't realize they're, they're having their designer gourmet food in the dumpster. You know, and that's, that's something else. We need to look into what can we do with commercial dumpsters. You know, there, there are better locks we could have, better dumpsters out in the West. I, there's a lot of programs in New Jersey. They have a program for these uh, reinforced trash cans for bears. And I know that there are several companies in Connecticut that you can get that reinforced trash can. And it is kind of amusing to watch the bears try to get into them because they, they really can't. <laughs> and they are crafty and smart. If they're able to get into your house, it's a miracle to have a trash can they can't get into. <laughs> that is for sure. Are there concerns if, let's say, we don't do a bear hunt, are there concerns, though, that bears if they're habitualized already, may still break into homes. I mean, how can people better protect their houses if locking a door doesn't necessarily help? Well, it's interesting. Well, uh, the other night that came up because, you know, certainly one of our, our biology expert at Deep was taught, someone asked, well, what about leaving windows open or should I be afraid to have my children in the car, I mean, in the yard? And he said, you know, a lot of people still don't have air conditioning in Connecticut. So he doesn't want to tell people don't, don't have your screen door open. But you know, we do need to clean off our grills when we barbecue because that draws them in. Obviously, the smell of garbage, keeping your garbage can inside, that, you know, that draws them in. And again, scaring them, scaring them, scaring them. You know, I had one neighbor tell me he uses an umbrella. He just, you know, opens and closes the umbrella because it makes him look bigger. And it's, a you know, mo- something moving in their face that helps scare them away. Some people use air horns. You know, if they are more habituated the opposite direction, that I don't want to go into these places, then we will wor- have to worry less about Basically them. where yeah. it was before. <laughs> right, exactly. Say 10 right. years ago. And honestly, if they don't have the food source of garbage and bird feeders and, you know, people keeping food in their cars, that sort of thing, because they have gone into cars and the, and the yeah, problem yeah. is the door closes behind them. and Then they get trapped. They get trapped. They destroy and, the and, vehicle. Right, exactly. And it's happened. Or hurt themselves. Yeah, it's happened in Canton. It's happened in other towns. And, you know, you don't want the bear to be hurt, but certainly you don't, you don't want property damage. You don't want someone else, you know, bit, which is, again, rare, but has happened more frequently lately. So we have to work together. And I I hope that people take away that message from our conversation today, that we have to work together. How is it going to be enforced, people not allowed to have bird feeders out? Um, Is that something that police officers will have control over, animal control officers, other town officials? How would that look? I believe it's probably going to be a combination of animal control and police officers, and it's going to be like a warning system. You're not going to have somebody show up on your doorstep and say, you know, you're getting fined immediately because you put this bird feeder out and it's, you know, drawing bears to your yard. I mean, I've been to yards when I'm door knocking, you know, campaigning where they have 10 bird feeders out. And, you know, obviously that's that's a problem, <laughs> you know, and I, I get it. Everybody wants to see the birds. But um, in terms of how the process works, it, it'll be a warning, and then there would be a fine associated with a second offense. And did people comment on that particularly at the Bear Aware event last week? You know, there were some people who wanted more detail on that, certainly. And I think that there were some people who are frustrated and automatically are going to, we need to hunt them, we need to call the herd, so to speak. Um, You know, we've certainly seen that with deer hunting. I will say, you know, part of the reason I think that deer are hunted, in addition to obviously for their meat, is, you know, we had a 
huge problems with our highways and deer running across highways. And, and that is a problem because obviously it's very hard to not hit a deer when they're running across a highway. Um, but with bears, obviously, that's not the same kind of issue. I have actually seen a cub hit by a car um, in Canton one day driving home. It was frankly traumatizing. And the mother bear ran off with the other cub and the poor little guy ended up limping. But we still see that grown now grown bear. He mm -hmm. made it. He did. Okay. Um, he did make it, and I know that because he drags that one paw. It's got to be the same pair. Uh, Sounds crazy, but I, I would think so. <laughs> because I was just about to ask you about bears on roads in yeah. Avon, Canton, parts of Litchfield County, um, particularly, um, because the state deep has just put out warnings that there are moose out in Woodbury and um, East Granby as well, uh, and the deer are everywhere in this whole region, not just Connecticut. Um, so I was just about to ask you actually about bears on the road. You know, it's not it's not the same. I mean, they're very big. They're very slow moving. So it, they are not darting out at you, so to speak. Um, I, I don't think it's the same issue. So, I, and like I said, I've lived here 25 years, and that was the only one that I remember hearing about. I happened to witness it, but I haven't heard of a, a lot of that happening. Are you talking with other lawmakers that, aside from the Environmental Committee, because I know that you're sharing your thoughts and what you're hearing with them, but other lawmakers as well um, that aren't part of the Environmental Committee, are you guys putting your heads together on this? Absolutely, because I, I don't think the general public realizes what a giant step forward this is that we actually got this, you know, in this bill out of the committee. I know that um, previously there have been people who have filed just the just the fining people for feeding bill, and it was never even heard. So this is a big deal to get it out of committee. My hope is that we will move forward with a solution, because for those of us in towns like Farmington, Simsbury, Avon, Canton, Granby, East Cram, you know, all of these towns out here, and especially in the Litchfield Hills, we really need this. I mean, this is this is not a it's not a small thing. And you know what? We have to give it time to work. And then, you know, if we have to do other measures, whatever they might be, perhaps grant programs for trash cans, grant programs for, you know, the, the larger dumpsters for municipalities, then we need to look into that as well. This is Face Connecticut, and I'm Morgan Cunningham. My guest this week is Representative Eleni Cavros de Gras. Is there anything that you would want to make sure that is in this bill? Um, have you seen it yet or no? Uh, I have not seen the, the final version, and I'm not sure if there are any amendments at this point. But I, I definitely hope, if nothing else, that the unintentional feeding you know, piece um, stays in, because that is a really big deal. And it's a much bigger deal than people realize. Do you think that this is going to be a bill that gets a lot of debate in both chambers of the General Assembly? Uh, you know, typically the House debates a lot longer on, on bills like this, but that doesn't mean that the Senate won't have a lot to say as well. So it, I think it just depends on who takes issue with the fact that hunting was stripped out of it, because I know that there were a lot of folks that didn't want that taken out. And without that component, would you expect this bill to pass? I think it's more likely to pass because that was probably the most controversial component of it. What if this does not help going forward? I think that, first of all, it would take a little while to implement this over the next year or two even. But if we're five years into the future and bears are still a problem in Connecticut, what would have to be done to further deal with the issue? You know, that's that's a fascinating question because we don't know right now, right? We have not tried this. I will say that there are some states out west who have been using diversionary feeding, and that may be an option also. I don't know if DEEP is interested in doing that now. It was sort of a mixed bag response the other night. What does that mean? So diversionary feeding means that they, there would be, you know, a high-fat, say, beef-fat product that would be put out in 
say, the woods somewhere, and so that that would draw the bears to that because they really need a ton of calories, a ton of fat, because obviously they're so huge. I mean, you know, you have a 450-pound bear. You can imagine what they need to eat to sustain themselves, and especially because we have bears that don't hibernate. They den, and we get one 150-degree day, and suddenly you see a bear walking around in January. It does, you know, a lot of that has to do with their um, their caloric intake. So if we are f putting food, so to speak, in an area where they belong, like the woods, the forests, that would be a way to draw them away from neighborhoods. Would that be a cost problem, though? Obviously, there would be money involved in that. Um, if that were to be talked about, if that were to go into a bill, would you see finances for any of this, that or what we've also been talking about being a problem? Um, I think finances are always a problem when it comes to us, right? I used to be vice chair of the finance committee, and certainly, you know, when you're putting together a budget, you have a lot of competing interests. But I think that if we see a situation where, okay, it's not working what we're trying to get people to do, this big public service campaign that I feel like I've been on for several weeks now about encouraging people not to send in bear videos, encouraging people to spray their cans with ammonia, encouraging people to take down their bird feeders. If that's not working, then you know what? We may have to look at what money can be put towards that. I don't know how expensive it is. I'm still doing research on that because I'm trying to sort of get up to speed on how are other states handling this because we're not the only one with this problem. And we do know that we are one of only two states in the Northeast that doesn't hunt, but I don't think that means that we automatically go to hunting. So, Is there anything else environmental-wise, bear involved or not, that is of great importance that our listeners should know about in this legislative session, or is bears it? <laughs> I definitely don't think bears uh, are it, and I think that um, that both the environmental chairs would probably be very upset with me if I said bears were it. Um, obviously, you know, we've had a lot of issues with our utility costs. You know, we're, we're doing our best. You know, Pure is working very hard. We are going to see costs decreasing because the energy that we're going to be using over the summer was purchased six months ago. You know, there's not as much legislation this session, I don't believe, that, you know, addresses that specifically because, again, we can't address the war in Ukraine. We can't address, you know, the fluctuating costs on, you know, ISO New England. Um, but I, I certainly think that, you know, there are other energy efficiency bills that we're looking at. I believe we may be looking at an energy bill today on the House floor. Um, so it's, you know, I, I think of the Environment Committee and the Energy Committee as, two sides of a coin, because they really do often go hand in hand, especially with the climate crisis that we face. And Representative Eleni Cavros de Gras, I really appreciate your time this morning. Is there anything else that you'd like to say about bears in your district and in Connecticut um, as we wrap up here the, the last few weeks of the legislative session? I'm just driving home the message that this is on all of us to make sure that we are keeping people safe. That's education. That's me repeating all of the things that I've said, which is please don't send your videos in. Um, I'm hoping the media stops showing them because, of course, that's part of the problem. We need to take in our bird feed. We need to spray our cans down with ammonia or get the bear safe cans. Um, keep your trash in. Don't put it out till the next morning, if at all possible. And scare the bears when they're in your yard. That's the bottom line, is we really do need to dehabituate them. And it is possible. And they're spreading, that's for sure. They are. Because in my town, we usually don't have bears. And last year, I believe it was, one was spotted. We've only seen the one. But where there's one, there must be another. Well, they're showing up in the west end of Hartford. So if they're showing up in the west end of Hartford, you know that they are they're, they're becoming citified bears. Yes, they're traveling. So thank you so much for coming to the studio and being on Face Connecticut this week. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Morgan. Really appreciate it. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio.
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.